This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, we have a recorded interview with host of the Sports Intern Show, Colby Ellison. We discuss his podcast and how to network with sports business professionals. Colby, welcome to the show. Brandon, thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. And we actually had you as a guest speaker with our sport management club a couple of weeks ago. And I was really impressed. You know, we talk a lot to our students about they have to network for success in sports. And you understand that you're going to talk about that just because the industry is so small and it's so competitive. But sometimes we don't give them maybe the necessary tools or tips to, to network. And I thought you did a nice job with that. So I want to get into some of your advice on, on how students can network and some easy strategies for them. But first, I, I, I want to talk about your podcast and, and give you a plug and make sure that, that people go and, and listen, because you've had some really great guests on there. Tell us a, a little bit about your podcast, The Sport Intern Show, and, and how you got started. Yeah, so I got started with the the podcast, and I, and I must say I'm, I'm building something in my in my mind, um, more, so, more so like a platform. So The Sports Intern Show is uh, a piece of, of the media platform, but it's actually a company, a media platform I'm trying to build called Redshirt Scholars, which is going to bring, give access, give content to a lot of students in regards to internships and networking. But to your original question, the, the way I got started is I looked at myself and myself, I'm 35 mm -hmm. and I asked myself, okay, I want to change careers. How do I get into the sports industry? And I always start from a place of help. Who can I help get there first? You know, the, the, the old adage is you have enough Zig Ziglar. If you're a profan or a person development, have enough people get what you want, get what they want. Then you will ultimately get what you want. So I kind of took that same model in the sense of, you know, who can I help? Uh, and I remember, you know, being 18, 20, 21, graduating, looking for a job, that same process, regardless of what field you're going into. And I said, well, here's a group of people I know I have something to offer. And so therefore I thought, OK, I love sports. Um, I love having conversation boom, a podcast sounds like the perfect medium. And that's kind of how it started. Perfect. So with your podcast, for those who haven't had a chance to check it out, uh, who are you bringing on there? And, and what are some of the topics that you guys are talking about? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm bringing on my, my tagline is uh, I bring on sports professionals and I deconstruct. I like that word deconstruct sports professionals, their careers to, to give my listeners their um, tips, tricks and things they can actually put into practice take action steps right now. So the people that I'm bringing on recent guests, I had the president of the Cleveland Cavaliers business operation, Cleveland Cavaliers, Nick Barlich on just talking about his career, life in sports, how he got started. Um, I had Adam White, the CEO of uh, front office sports on the podcast. I had another gentleman, uh, Roger Jones, who's really good, works for the Cleveland Browns, works in uh, partnerships with the Cleveland Browns. So just talking about life, routine and habits, uh, things that networking, of course, internships, all the things that you would, would expect, but uh, more so a little bit deeper than on surface. I'm looking for um, books they've read, you know, classes they've attended, uh, routines they've, they've created, habits they've created to really help them uh, be successful in their career. You know, you, you threw out some some big names there. I mean, you talk about the president of the Cleveland Cavs and, and the, the CEO of front office sports. 
How are you, you know, as somebody who, who's trying to break into the industry, how have you been able to, to land some of these guests? It's another great question. It's as simple as this. I tell people all the time, LinkedIn. Uh-huh. LinkedIn, I think, is one of the best platforms. And what, how people use LinkedIn, there's a, people use LinkedIn like it's other social media, which is not. So I always tell people when you, I'm not a huge social media person, but one thing I do understand is you got to understand the platform that you're on. Um, because if you're speaking on Twitter, if you're speaking on Instagram, you're speaking on LinkedIn, the way you communicate your message is different for each platform. So for instance, LinkedIn, you want to come across as a professional. You want to know specifically who you're targeting. You don't target everyone. So to give you an example, um, how do I reach out to people? Well, there's one, um, there's one tip um, that I will share. Um, there's a lot of extensions within LinkedIn that you can, uh, you can get if you use the Chrome browser. Um, one of those extensions is called Lead Leaper, which I shared your, share it with your students, mm -hmm. um, that you can put in the Chrome browser. And simply all you do is click up, pull up someone's profile. And once that extension is actually plugged in into the Chrome browser, you click on that. And if possible, it might pull that all, it might pull their, um, their email address. Doesn't happen all the time, but that's the majority of the way that I've gotten all my interviews is through that process. And then after that, it's just doing Google searches, you know, um, doing Google searches, trying to find people's name. Uh, once I have one person's name at ESPN, the, the email domain, I can email several other people within ESPN that I want to interview. And it's just cold outreach. It's nothing more than cold outreach and sweat equity. As you said, I have no contacts. So I have to put in that work. But here's the magic. Once you do put in that work and you build up, um, you know, a few episodes, then you can start asking for referrals, referrals. And that that's kind of how it works for me. I love that part of it. So uh, it's part of our capstone here with our sport management students. We're starting to teach them some sales skills. One of the things we do, you talked about referrals is, you know, even if somebody says no, whether they say yes or no, you know, it's, a, it's just an easy question to ask, say, okay, I understand maybe this isn't for you at this time, but is there anybody else that you know who might benefit from, you know, whether we're selling our golf outing or we're working with the Fort Wayne Madians and selling tickets. I think that's really powerful. Something else that I think our students struggle with a little bit, just because they're brand new to the industry, they've never had to cold call before, is actually doing that cold reach out, whether it be an email or a phone call. Um, you know, you started at, at some point, you know, I, I worked in sales for a while and, and started at some point. What were, what were some of the strategies that you used to kind of get over that fear? That's a great point. I have a great story for that. Um, so give you another story that kind of correlates with this. I have a presentation that I have to do outside of, you know, outside of what I'm, I'm doing now that I have a presentation I have to do on Tuesday. And it's something that I've never done before. Okay. Um, so one thing that I've, some, one thing that I've, I've always done is I've done great at preparation. And so what I'm, what I've literally just before this call, what I've been doing is I've been reaching out to other people that know more about that subject matter than myself. So I'm reaching out to them, co outreach again on LinkedIn, um, to get understanding about that since they have understanding about that uh, particular topic to see if they can do a zoom session with me and I can present my presentation with them so I can get comfortable for the real presentation on, on Tuesday. So to answer your question, the best way to overcome them, those fears is scrimmaging. Mm. Like literally ask your friend, hey, can I scrimmage this with you? Can I walk through the steps with you? And what it does, it just gets you comfortable 
and saying your pitch. It gets you comfortable. And that's all you want to get. You, you might not have every question answered, but you'll still be comfortable enough to get it out of your mouth without fumbling over your words. And that's all you want to get to. You're going to mess up. And the thing about I've learned more than anything, once you're okay with messing up, everyone flubs up. Look at people that are doing, you know, national TV. They mess up on their words, but we, we forgive them. So just simply say, excuse me, and just keep going. And no one pays any attention to it. I think the biggest thing that I see with, with younger people or anyone that's nervous is when they mess up, they stop. Mm. And all the tensions, everyone starts looking at them like, what, what, what happened? What happened? Never stop. Just say, excuse me. And just, just keep moving. Just keep moving. And um, works, works perfect. One of my favorite quotes, you know, victory loves preparation. And yes. Talking about your, uh, your presentation or just kind of getting over that fear of cold calling. You know, the, the more you do it and the more you prepare, and, and I'm sure you'd probably agree, just the easier it is. Even if you hear no, it's like, okay, well, let's move on and just go to the next one. You know? um, so with, with your podcast and, and, and if you want to talk about your long-term career goals, you could do that as well. But what's your mission out of this? Is it to, to break into the sports industry and, and, to, and to maybe uh, shift in your career? Is it helping students is, or is it just something like, wow, this is a lot of fun. I'm meeting a lot of cool people. I just really enjoy doing this. It's a lot of, it's a lot of all those ingredients that you said, like I'm really enjoying doing it. The thing about podcasting in the, in the medium is super competitive. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of bigger players in it. When you think about podcasting, Spotify, Apple, iHeartMedia, some of the bigger players in the, in the industry. But one, I'm using podcasting as a way to network. So for instance, I never made, say I never made a dollar from my podcast. What did I create it? Relationship capital. Mm -hmm. How important is that? That's more important. That is still lead me to other opportunities because I've created those relationships. Another win-win is I'm working on my listening skills. I'm working on my, how to ask better questions. I'm working on skill set. So my ultimate goal is what I want to do. And I just told my wife this uh, yesterday. Um, interesting. I'm always trying new things. Uh -huh. So I'm going to, once I get enough podcasts and I feel like I'm good enough or whatever, I'm literally going to get a bunch of iPhones. So you might think, where's the story going? But a bunch of old iPhones and I'm going to load my podcast on the iPhones. Like just, you can just load them on, preload them. And I'm going to send those iPhones with a handwritten note to a lot of these executives that run podcasting companies at ESPN, at Barstool Media, and all these different places to see if I can come in as talent. If you if you study the industry, and that's one thing I want to let kids know: study the industry to see where things are going. I have a, I'm gonna send those things and see if I can get in as a podcast, just like a, a personality talent, because podcasts are becoming more prevalent. There's a great story, um, and I don't, I don't know if I seen this article or not, but I can we can we, I can send it to you after. Mm -hmm. Where a bunch of um, student there weren't any students, but a bunch of young men they created a Cavs podcast created a cast podcast. The gentleman that I talked to like a week ago, they actually hired them to come and work for the Cavs. But they did this independent of the Cavs, but the Cavs liked so much what they were doing and they needed a podcast, they hired them. So that's what's available out there. I tell kids all the time, they just created their own content and now they're working in sports. So there's so many things that you can do once you start creating your own content. So one, maybe I'll become a podcast host for one of these big media companies. I don't know. Maybe I can, you know, my company will become more known, Redshirt Scholars, and, you know, someone will bring me on and they'll have me do, doing stuff for them specifically in their digital department. That's an option. 
But at the end of the day, I am enjoying what I'm doing and I love to help people. And I know there's a need there um, to help people. So a little bit of all the things that we talked about. Well, I love it because like you said, you know, no matter what happens, I mean, you're, you're getting a new skill set and you're getting a skill set in a, in a technology and a way to communicate with people that frankly, we didn't even really have 10 years ago. And I think it's the way that that places are going now and talk about how competitive the podcast market is. Um, it feels like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting somebody who has their own <laughs> podcast right now. Um, but I will say the iPhone idea that you have, that is the best business card idea I think I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> And, and I don't want anybody else to steal that. Maybe we'll take this out of the podcast, but that was a great idea. Um, so out of everybody that you've talked to and that you've interviewed, who's been your favorite person to interview? And, and have you got like one piece of advice that you've taken away from one of your interviews where it's like, wow, that just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Wow, favorite. That's a tough one. I've interviewed, not, I don't have a favorite. They've, they've all, I'm, I'm very appreciative of everyone's time um, that they've given me being a new person. But I would say Nick Barlich, my last interview, um, he talked about don't look at things as a, a, a challenge, but look at things as an opportunity. And the reason that he mentions that is because you, it allows you to stay in a positive mindset. If we look at something and say, oh my gosh, this is going to be such a challenge. It's so hard. Versus if I look at this as an opportunity, it's an opportunity to learn and get better. Different mindset. It's really hard to solve any problem if you're in a negative frame of mind. So I think that was one of the biggest keys, as well as a lot of the, um, um, the owner. He works for Dan Gilbert, who's the owner of the Cavs. He talked about a lot of his isms that he calls. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of Dan Gilbert's isms that he used, like... Uh, I think the one that hit me too, uh, money and numbers, they don't lead, they follow. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was another one that really, that really stuck with me. And so I would say that that interview has been, had the biggest impact of, of late. Fantastic. And so to kind of bring this back to some skills for networking, like if you were sitting down with a student and they said, okay, you know, my professor comes to me and says, I got a network. And you've talked a little bit about it already, but if you'd say, okay, here's the steps that you need to do if you actually want to start making some connections in sport, what would you tell them? Before we get to the tactical stuff, I would take a step back and I would ask them, what's your mission? Mm-hmm. What's your mission for networking? A lot of people just hear that word and say, I want to network. I want to network. Okay, well, you got to have a purpose. And you got to have a mission uh, for where you're networking. For instance, um, if you go on people's LinkedIn, and I see this often, typically under people's name, that section is called the headline. That's what people see. So that headline should tell me exactly what you're trying to do. So with my headline, I say podcast hosts, I help college, recent grads, college university students network and gain insight into the sports industry. Mm -hmm. So specifically, people know what I'm trying to do. So when I reach out to someone, I'm specifically reaching out to that person because they can help the pod, they can help the LinkedIn go. They can basically help the mission. Right. So I would first thing I want to student I say, oh, first, first, let's define your mission. Now, what do you feel that you want to do? OK, I want to be a journalist, for example. OK, uh, what do you know about the industry? Don't know a lot. OK, we want to be a journalist. We don't know a lot. Um, let's reach out to a few journalists. Have you written anything? OK, you written some. So this is this is a little plan of action. Um, let's reach out to a few journalists. And as I mentioned, we you know we'll walk through how to how to get email addresses and how to do that. And let's see if we can get, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of a journalist's time. That's an informational interview. And see, we can just start asking questions about what the industry is like. What about life? What about the lifestyle? A lot of people just look at the uh, 
their career, but what type of lifestyle is going to provide for you? Sports is very competitive and you, there's no weekend in sports is what everyone's told me. <laughs> like you're constantly working. So you got to think about your lifestyle. Is that the life you want to live? So all those things you want to think about, but first we'll start with mission. Then we'll start with some of the tactical things as far as who we need to reach out to. Um, and then we'll go to LinkedIn, one of my favorite places to go, and we'll start networking with people like that. Uh, but first and foremost, you got to have a mission. I will tell you, all the people that I've talked to and I asked them, mm -hmm. what bothers you the most? They said people reach out to me. They have no reason. They have no purpose of why they're reaching out to me. Mm, yeah, they're just, they're just reaching out. Uh, can I have a job? That is the worst thing. Do not do that. Do not reach out to anyone and just simply ask, can I have a job? Yeah, um, you need to learn how to add value to a relationship. That, that's great advice. And that hits exactly on what a lot of, you know, my contacts in the sports world tell me because, you know, they're always being unsolicited people contacting them. And I'm, I find it, I'm, I'm kind of surprised and then be interested to hear from you too, at just how willing people in sports are willing to give back because they've been in that same situation that students are. But when somebody contacts them, just not so much to learn, but okay, I, I kind of want to get in. So at the end of our talk, I can say, so how about a job or internship? It just kind of instantly turns them off. <laughs> For sure. I, yeah, to, uh, to your point, you're right about, and I echo the same thing as far as everyone that, I, everyone that I've interviewed have said the same thing. I've been there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm willing to help. And a lot of them have told me, Kobe, if you have, a, if you have students that, that need to talk to someone, you can connect them with me. Um, and uh, I get that offer all the time because we've been there. We, they've all been there. Even people in other industries, they've all been there. But like I, like I said before, don't, <laughs> I was in it, like Adam White said, do not ask me, uh, I need a job. Do not say that the quickest way for, he said, the easiest way to get a job is tell me how you're going to solve my problem. Mm, yeah. So simply start adding value. And, um, there's a lot they can do. Students can do to add value. So do you think a student is behind the eight ball a little bit, or, or maybe a little bit behind the curve if they're not on LinkedIn? I would say he, I won't say you're, you're behind, but you definitely, you're, you're definitely depending on LinkedIn, LinkedIn just allows you to think about it before, even before LinkedIn. I mean, how did people network before? Mm -hmm. um, they just went to events. They went to things. And uh, before they just kept, uh, I know a lot of people that just kept their, uh, kept their planner, kept everything written down. So I won't say you're, you're behind. Um, it definitely helps accelerate the process though, uh, because you can reach so many people so quickly. Uh, and especially now, the fact that we're in, you know, still in, in this pandemic that you can't really go to events. So LinkedIn is the only way um, that you can connect with a lot of people. So not behind, uh, but definitely if you want to accelerate it, it's kind of like you're riding, uh, you're driving a, a Camry versus, you know, being in the Lamborghini. LinkedIn <laughs> is the Lamborghini. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And, uh, you know, I think a, a lot of professionals in, in sport or, or frankly, I think in the industry, they've come to expect people to reach out to them virtually. Um, you know, we do a lot of events here at, at trying to take our students to a lot of those networking events. Um, but sometimes, I mean, you know, you'll meet somebody once and then you'll forget about them. Um, but if I'm connected with you and I see you putting out content, um, I'm going to see that face. I'm going to, it's going to start to resonate with me. So maybe that might be one of my, one of my final questions I have for you, as far as students putting out content and maybe what you do, how often are you putting something out new out on LinkedIn? Because I think that's something that they struggle with too. It's like, okay, well, what do I put out there? Um, what's appropriate? What could I put out on LinkedIn that maybe I, I wouldn't do on, on Twitter or vice versa? 
Yeah. I, well, I'm a huge fan of huge fan of students and I encourage students to create their own content. Uh, there are so many stories. Um, I, again, I tell his story a lot, but I'm so impressed. And I'll give you a, a few stories. Adam White, that's how his company got started. He's just, just doing informational interviews and putting them out on social media. And it created a company. Um, another gentleman, Nick DePaulo, who works for ESPN in the same way, he was creating content. It wasn't LinkedIn at the time, but other social media platforms. And that, and it started his career. Um, the two gentlemen that I spoke about, they were putting out content via podcast and it started their career. So I would say, of course, you need to understand the language of LinkedIn. You don't, the, the stuff that you put on Facebook is not what you put on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? So what I would say, what I would keep it catered to, again, is you want to keep it catered to um, what's your passion. For instance, if you want to go back to the journalist example, you want to be a journalist, write a paper, write a paper, watch a sports game watch any sports game and write a paper like a journalist would write a story, put it on, put it on LinkedIn. You can do that and say, I'm going to watch a game every single month and I'm going to put the story up every single month. Something as simple as that. If you want to do um, I, so many stories, there was one gentleman that I interviewed and he was an anchor at CNN. He told a young lady to literally once I'm in Atlanta, once the Falcons game got out, go and just start interviewing fans. And she was just interviewing fans as the reporter. She started putting that up, not LinkedIn, but YouTube. She ended up getting a job because of that. So there's, I tell there's so many things that you can do. You just got to be creative. So many ways to be creative. People are looking for creativity and that shows your value because you're thinking different versus everyone else. There's nothing off limits of what you can do for people to discover you. So you're only limited by your imagination. So I would just say, don't put anything that's a personal life, all that type of stuff, stay away from on LinkedIn. I typically, some people do, but I stay away from the politics, all that on LinkedIn. I'm specifically there to help the sports intern, the college university students. So I keep all my content geared towards that. Well, I like that because I think it goes back to your mission that you were talking about earlier. Correct. You know, what's my mission in my header? This is what I'm about. And you start kind of going off into different areas, whether it's appropriate or not on there. Um, it, it gets you off mission a little bit. Maybe it um, kind of turns people off. So I, I think that's great advice. And I will put it, this plug in here for any students that are listening. I mean, just through the Center for Sports Studies, you know, we want you here. You have an opportunity. All you have to do is reach out, whether it's you want to bring somebody on the podcast and talk to them or you want to contribute to our blog. I mean, there's things we're doing here at Trine for the students that are listening that we're willing to work with you on. So um, take Colby up on his advice. Be creative. Come see me. We will work with you. I promise. Um, so Colby, where can people find your uh, podcast and, and where can they find you on social media? Perfect. So if podcast, uh, sportsinternshow.com, you can find it at, you know, Apple, Google, um, all the other um, directories that you want to you want to look into. Uh, as far as social media, LinkedIn, as I said before, I don't do a lot of other um, social media. LinkedIn is my main one because I'm not looking for followers. I'm looking for relationships. Um, so please, if if connect with me on LinkedIn, and then once you connect with me, I always say reach out. I love having conversations so we can get to know one another, one another, so I can figure out how I can help you. There you go. So for those students who are a little bit uh, nervous about cold calling, you've got one friendly face who's, <laughs> who's willing to work with you. So uh, Colby, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. No, Brendan, thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our next guest on March 19th. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for all his work behind the scenes. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also, be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.